Hear ye, hear ye! Let it be known that on this day the Queen will provide counsel to her loyal subjects. You're invited to tea with the Queen. Please make haste. Hi, Em. Welcome to Tea with the Queen with Emma today. Thank you for having me for Tea with the Queen. (laughs) I am loving the opportunity to come onto this amazing podcast and interview you because you are the woman behind the podcast and we don't hear enough from you. So thank you for allowing me to come on here and interview you so that listeners can really get a snapshot into Emma McQueen. Thank you so much. This is something that's new for me, Trace. I'm feeling a little bit nervous and I know that I've been running this podcast for like four years and it's time to show up in a way that I haven't shown up before, so I'm excited. It is and I have questions and I know from my own experience that if I've got questions, other people have the same questions most likely, so this will be valuable. Let's dive in and I want to get straight to it. There's business coaches and there's business coaches. <laughs> yes. I'm not telling you anything you don't know there, but people ask the same questions and that is how do you know working with a business coach is right for you and then how do you choose? Oh, my goodness. It's the best question ever. There are business coaches and then there are business coaches and there's been a lot of online information lately about coaching and what it means to be a coach and how people do it and how credentialed they are and all that kind of stuff. So I can only tell you my story. And my story is that I've coached for the last 20 years. I coached the executives at World Vision Australia. I have coached hundreds of women through my faculty role in women in leadership. And I have coached for the last seven years in this business. And I'm also credentialed with the Institute of Executive Coaching and Leadership. Those qualifications are really important to me. They may not be important to others, but they're important to me because you have to have a framework for coaching. You don't just dive in and ask questions and then leave people hanging. I think sometimes people just go, oh, it's just about asking good questions. That is part of it, but it's also about thinking about the context, thinking about the nuancing, knowing when to drive hard, knowing when to drive softly, all of those kind of things. And There's an art and a science to it without sounding too much like a knob. There is an art and a science to it. And I think when you've got the experience and the quals and all the skills that I have, I guess what I'm trying to say is there are rigid ditch coaches and there are not. There are those coaches that have been there and done something and now they're coaching or there are coaches that have done a lot of coaching in a lot of different areas, have a lot of different experience and are using their qualifications for good. There are a few business coaches out there using their qualifications or they don't have qualifications or they're using it for evil, let me tell you that much. So I think when you pick a business coach, the best way to find one is definitely through word of mouth in the first instance. But then it's about finding out whether they're a fit. I'm not for everyone. My clients will say, I mean, you're not for the faint-hearted. And it is true because I quite like results and I like clarity and I ask the questions to get the clarity. And sometimes those questions go straight to the heart of the matter and some people can't handle that. And that's okay. I'm not the right coach for them. But I want to work with people that can handle that. They want to grow and they are happy to listen to someone who has been there and done that. And that would be me as a business coach. I'm loving that. What I'm hearing here is there is a difference here between talking the talk and walking the walk. And you've just given us a really helpful overview of why it is 
that you talk the talk, but how it is that you walk the walk. And that is a point of difference because what I see coming across um, clients that I work with, clients who are in pickles with coaches, are ones that have decided recently I'd like to be a business coach and I'm going to start asking questions, but there's no runs on the board. And that's the difference. What I'm also loving you say is because people ask the question, how do I find the right coach? It's much like finding the right lawyer. You've got a vibe. It's like finding a partner. You've got a vibe, right? If you don't vibe, move on, find another one. Same with coaches. How do people then get a sense if a coach is going to be the right coach? Because we all know Instagram only goes so far. Yes, Instagram does only go so far. And let's face it, it's the highlight reels, right? I think when you're looking at whether or not they're the right fit, I feel like the only way to tell, I might be wrong on this, but I feel like the only way to tell is to actually have a conversation with them. There are some coaches who won't have conversations. There are some coaches who their teams have conversations. There are some coaches that sell in the direct messages in Instagram or Facebook. I am just not that coach. I actually want to have a conversation with you, look you in the eyes over Zoom and go, are we a fit or are we not a fit? And for some people that will really resonate and for others, they'll go, nope, I'm happy with the DMs. I'm happy with this. But more often than not, when people are either getting sold to in the DMs or they are not having a conversation in the first instance, they are bitterly disappointed about the coaching experience because you can act a certain way for five minutes, for 10 minutes, really, but you can really get to know someone on a half an hour call, which is what we do, and know if they're the right fit going forward. So that's just my personal view. If you're on a call with somebody and you don't think you are the right fit, will you say just like that? Yeah. Well, I might be a bit softer, but I would probably, if I'm getting the vibe that they're either not prepared to do the work or that we're not aligned in some way, then it's much kinder. It's much kinder for me to say, I'm sorry, I just don't think this is going to work. And I'm now in a very fortunate position where I can do that. I don't have to say yes to clients. And I very much listen to my gut on this. And so when I'm having a conversation, it's not just the conversation, by the way, it's how they've popped into my calendar. It's what they've done. It's how they've responded. It's have they rescheduled me? Have they taken time to prepare some questions? It's all the things that lead up to the actual call that tells me how serious or not they are. Like I have a sense of humour. But I do want to get stuff done. So I, you want to make sure that the person on the other end is prepared for that as well. And if you're not a fit, it's not going to work because I'm going to suggest things and they're just going to go, nah, nah, nah. And I'd rather them go to a different coach and someone that they vibe with than have that coming back at me month on month. It's important to you, Em, that you do vibe with the right people because I know how results driven you like to be. But this takes me to the next question, which I really want to share with your listeners, which is what is your why? Why do you do what you do? And why is it important that you have the right people to get those results? I went into my own business because I was watching woman after woman not stepping into her potential. They had so much more potential to give. And I'm like, why are you not stepping into that? So I ran a little experiment because I love experiments. And my experiment was what happens if I asked the right questions and I cheerled them in a way that they hadn't received before and I gave them the homework that they needed to step into their potential. 
And I did this with women in business. I did this with women in organizations. And I tested the theory. And I can tell you a little story. I had someone come to me and say, I don't love the job I'm in. I think I should get a different job. I'm like, okay, cool. And we talked about what that actually looked like for her. Now, she was a GM level and she wanted to go up to a director role. And I'm like, yes, we can absolutely do that. And she said, what do you think about salary? And she told me what she was on. And I'm like, it's too low. A man going for a similar role would certainly not be asking for that. You would probably take on another 150 grand. And she was like, what the hell? And I'm like, I know, it's a stretch. So we worked on her mindset. We worked on her interview skills. We worked on her networking and we went out and started doing interviews. I was lucky enough to be able to journey with her because she worked really quickly. Anyway, we got to the end and she got offered a director role. So this was a three-month process. We got to the end. She got offered a director role. When it came to time to negotiate her salary, she wanted to back out. And I said, no freaking way. So we role-played it and we role-played it until she felt comfortable asking for the salary that she wanted, which was an extra 150 grand. And I said to her, if when you ask for that amount of money, they don't cringe, they don't bat an eyelid, we've gone too low. She's like, all right, no worries. So she went and got it. And she was so ecstatic that she got the job and she got an extra 150K. This is how undervalued our women in the workforce are. So that's one of the reasons that I do this. The other reason is I have three daughters and I want them to grow up confident and self-assured and asking for what they need and valuing themselves so that at the other end, I'm not putting them back together. The other reason is... I hate the gender pay gap with a passion. I don't talk about this much because it's all cliches and people talking about it and not doing anything about it. And it's systemic and I understand all the reasons for it. But my goodness, that thing has not moved, has not moved in years. And so I went into my business going, if I can impact one woman at a time, one woman to ask for more money, one woman to help them with their confidence, one woman to help them grow their business, then I'm doing my bit to impact the world. Oh, this is soul-led work. This is soul-led work grounded in authenticity. And I'm so privileged. I feel so privileged to have an opportunity to have this conversation with you so that more and more women are able to get an insight into Emma McQueen and understand why it is that you do what you do. Thank you so much for having me on to interview you on this podcast. It has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on my own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to Tea with the Queen. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help to get the word out. For more about me, please visit emmamcqueen.com.au and I look forward to your company next episode. Thank you for coming.